0: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Movie Morning. And today I'm going to be discussing the final episode of WandaVision. This is, of course, episode 9 of the series or the finale. And man, there's a lot to talk about. Maybe not as much as a lot of people were expecting, but there's still quite a bit to talk about. And this is the first review of these that I'm doing. non, Non, like, you know, I haven't put any of my notes down. Anywhere, because I feel like with this episode, it's more just about tying up loose ends, and I can think it's more of an action... Well, I guess I don't want to go into and spoil too much spoilers, but there's a certain type of way... You know, you know, there's just a lot of... There's a lot more, you know, like fist fighting and action. So, there's no, not as much specific moments to talk about with this one, but I think that was on purpose. So, this is... So, I don't have any notes written down. I'm just going to go through what I remember, because I feel like that's kind of the best way to talk about this finale. So, if you haven't seen the episode, obviously... Click off right now. As always, these are spoiler recaps and discussions. There's a reason they're called that because that's what they are. There will be spoilers here. So please click off right now if you haven't seen pretty much any of WandaVision. And I think maybe some of you are waiting to binge it. Now's the time to do it because all of the episodes are out. And then come back and watch and listen to some of my reviews if you're interested for that particular episode. Let's get started talking spoilers. So the episode kicks off pretty much exactly where last episode ended, which is where, you know, Agatha is holding Billy and Tommy while, you know, Wanda is there. And basically, we learn that Agatha is kind of able to take Wanda's abilities, which, not abilities, but her, just her, her magic, whatever, she fires it at her. And she, it it makes Wanda progressively weaker because her hands kind of turn into this, like, deformed, like like an old woman-like, it's just... It's extremely pale and, you know, really, you know, it looks, it just doesn't look, it just looks wrong. She's not fully healthy. And that's just kind of pretty much Agatha stripping her of her magic, which we kind of learn is kind of her identity because it's so important to her that without it, it kind of just makes her weak. And I think that again builds on, you know, the Scarlet Witch that they kind of introduced. So that's. That's kind of, I think, what, what may be something we're speculating about, her powers. And then we kind of learned that's what Agatha wants. Is pretty much, in this series, Agatha Harkness just wants to take um, Wanda's powers and wants to be the Scarlet Witch. And there's just a lot going on at the start. For example, the White Vision comes in, and he has a fight with our you know colored version of Vision, our normal Vision, and... I think that fight was probably the best. I think the fight between, I think most of the action in this episode felt a little clunky and all of the action scenes surprisingly were my least favorite part of the episode. Cause most of these movies, no matter what you say about them in my opinion has pretty good action. Like you go back to the first, not the first, but let's go with like just phase two, for example, Iron Man three, that film has great action scenes. Like I don't care what anyone tells me they're so fun to watch. Door of the Dark World, I guess, is an expe- exception, but then Winter Soldier is great. Guardians has some really nice scenes. Age of Ultron, obviously, you know, you're going to enjoy the action. It's Joss Whedon. And Ant-Man has so many unique, you know, moments with it's shrinking. So I feel like with most MCU movies, I'm not saying all, but most, when you point out action, you're always going to think of it as being really well done for the most part and really entertaining to watch. With this show, I didn't feel that quite as much, and I felt like it was a little slower despite these... People fighting, having, you know, these, like, unreal abilities. And, you know, it's it's obviously crazy. But it was a little slower than I was expecting in terms of how the way it was choreographed. And it was a little more of just throwing stuff around. That maybe because of the director maybe not being, you know, know, like an action director, which he isn't. And more, you know, he leaned more to, like, the sitcom side of things. That's why he was picked to direct. But so maybe that's why. But I'm willing to forgive that if... Character moments are great. And I think in this episode, they work fantastically. For example, a few things that happen during, you know, the fights are, like I said, Vision versus White Vision. They even try to, like, kind of settle it through, you know, like, like pretty much, you know, just by just talking, which I thought was great. that They didn't kind of go too far in that. And I'll get to that in just a second. But first, I think the first thing to talk about is obviously Billy and Tommy. And I think actually, I don't want to mix up the plot line too much. Let's just start off with... Pietro or Peter or whatever you want to call him now we learned that Pietro was obviously we knew that he was a creation of Agatha that was revealed in last week's episode but in this week's episode we learned that he was in fact Ralph who Agatha has been referring to pretty much for a large majority of the show's runtime he is Ralph and he's the one who actually lives in the house not Agatha it's him it's Pietro not Pietro Maxwell but, but I guess you say it's Pietro he lives pretty much in the in the house and I guess that's the Ralph she's been referring to but also he's just a normal guy he's not you know the quick, so, the X-Men the Quicksilver we know from the X-Men movies he doesn't have super speed outside of being controlled by either Wanda or I guess I don't know uh, Agatha and that's just the person who he is, he's not, you know, Billy and Tommy's uncle or whatever, he's just that. And I think that was probably the best, in my opinion, direction to go anyway, because I felt like introducing the X-Men in this way... Well, actually, no, I wouldn't say it's the best, but I think that is the direction that I think I was expecting them to go with him as soon as they introduced him. Because I just didn't see this being our pathway to the X-Men movies, and I don't know what it was, but it just didn't feel... Now, like it it didn't feel like that big of a deal when he when he came on the show. And I feel like they didn't hype it up as much as I think they would if this was more of a game changing moment on the show. So again, like with this episode, the, I think the main thing that people are gonna be, I guess, disappointed by is that the theories the like this show is the definition like what's been going on in this show is really why really shows us why you shouldn't over theorize. And I'm not saying you shouldn't have theories and all that, because you definitely should And some of those do pan, pan off throughout the show. Like, for example, Evan Peters showing up as PHO now. Obviously, it didn't go the way maybe we hoped, but it he did show up. And I think there's always room to theorize. Always, it's always fun to discuss. But I think with this show, it shows it kind of going too far down that rabbit hole and kind of bringing these names like Nightmare and Mephisto, just plucking them out of your heads, like just just naming these as theories and kind of, You know, maybe hyping up, you know, perhaps uh, an an appearance by Patrick Stewart as Professor X or Michael Fassbender as Magneto, which that's who I really wanted to see. But there was not even a glimpse of him and there was no even hint at him in this episode at all. And there's none of that. There's no big cameo that I guess Paul Bettany's been teasing and who it really is. Is in fact Paul Bettany playing White Vision? Now I was surprised that it was actually him because I thought maybe they would try to get James Spader to voice the White the White Vision. Now I, that would have obviously on the the budget, so obviously it would have been easier to get Paul Bettany to voice him. But I was surprised that they went in that direction at first. But I guess what we have to talk to is I guess I don't want to go too far down. It's kind of just kind of complaining about the way. No, I don't want to like discuss how people are going to receive this as much. It's just more of my thoughts on it. But I'm just saying that. I feel with this episode that I think theories, the theories we had going into it is really what's going to disappoint most people. And I feel like looking at it without the theories, this is a phenomenal episode. And I'm just going to put it out there. I think if you didn't go in with those expectations, I honestly think everyone would be saying this is an excellent, phenomenal episode. But since I did go in with those theories and kind of some of those expectations, especially built up by Paul Bettany, which I think revealing that i mean i guess say there would be a cameo i think was a mistake on his part but again i i'm not gonna you know question what he does maybe it was in fact all of a fun joke but he kind of made it seem like it was a really big deal and that we, that's all we've been talking about for the past couple of weeks that it kind of just turned out to be him playing white vision and it's really funny when you get the joke but you know i just wish there was a little more to that like that's just my thoughts so but then again, overall, I think this was a great episode. I'm not going to like just walk around the bush here because I'm not sure if this was my favorite episode. I think I might prefer episode eight and maybe also episode six or something, but I, I'm thinking about ranking the episodes. I feel like it's a little harder for a show like WandaVision that kind of all the episodes connect to something. I mean, it's going to be a lot more episodic than the episode of the Falcon Winter Soldier because that I feel like will be more of a you know, it's just a story going through six episodes, like basically a movie, where this episode with the use of the sitcoms it kinda separates himself. But even for someone like me, it's hard for me to separate this week's episode from last week's episode. And that's just me, but I don't think I'll be able to do it. But I am but I do have like a ranking, but I just I'm finding it difficult to kind of put one over the other because I feel like it just a show like this doesn't really work that way. Not like The Mandalorian where, you know, I really enjoyed ranking the episodes. And it definitely in my opinion, like it was kinda of, that was kinda of doing that it was sort of warranted. With this, it doesn't really work for me. We'll see. But basically, there's still a lot to talk about in this episode. I've kind of just been and not gone off in a complete tangent here, but pretty much Agatha and Wanda have this discussion and basically Well, I guess let's start off the one where Billy and Tommy kind of come into play. Well, there's so much going on here, like in this final battle that my head is just kind of spinning in a bunch of different directions, but just to kind of clean things up. I I felt that in this episode that I think Hayward was used, a little underused, same with Monica. I'll talk about Hayward first. Basically what happens with him is that he's kind of, he gets arrested for pretty much, you know, pretty much Darcy crashes a card into him, which Darcy, I also felt, didn't have a really good endpoint on this show. She kind of just came, she kind of had a really... You know, like she arrived on the show and they kind of made a big deal out of it, and then she didn't even get a proper conclusion on the show, which was sort of weird. But Hayward, we do learn that it's pretty much this guy who just wants to kill Wanda Maximoff because he's not a fan of superpower beings. He's not a Mephisto, he's not anything like that. But the way they wrapped up his storyline and got him arrested, again, a little anticlimactic, but he's not the main focus of the show. It's just this other piece to throw in there to the kind of mess with our main hero. And I think the best they used Hayward was probably in last week's episode with wanda and i think i think they should have done more with him after what happened last week's episode but he is pretty much they discovered that he tampered with the footage or whatever so he is arrested great but let's talk about monica now because i already talked about pietro so monica in this episode her role is kind of demoted from being you know the person who's entering westview to go save wanda and tell her what's going on to pretty much in this one just kind of being the sidekick superhero. But I think before we get into there, let's talk about this for a few seconds and that pretty much uh, the family, Wanda's family kind of teams up to do this epic fight. And like before this, most of it is just action between Vision and White Vision and Wanda and Agatha. And it kind of doesn't have all the substance you'd expect. But I think one thing that I do want to talk about really quickly is how the people like kind of view Wanda and how when Wanda snaps them out of it. And kind of Agatha, as she says, takes her takes cuts her strings. The way that they kind of describe feeling Wanda's pain and all that, it was really powerful stuff. And I think Elizabeth Olson did Elizabeth Olson did a great job. Um. Kind of acting in these scenes, and I think the side like kind the side performances and the extras surprisingly did a great job in the scene. And this kind of leads onto what is kind of like I already hinted at of like a fight with the family. So basically, we have. Wanda we have Wanda and Vision and then we have Billy and Tommy and they instantly reminded me of the Incredibles like there's just no way around it like when I saw when I saw these four up, I'm like that's the Incredibles right there that shot or the way the shot is designed is straight out of the Incredibles as well as the way they kind of uh they kind of use again you obviously use blocking and then also the the way they set out the kind of like the way the characters are on the screen I'm like that's straight out of the Incredibles and I think that's a really nice call back to another Disney property I really like that scene. And I think overall, the fight... Let's talk about Vision now. So the fight with, between Vision and White Vision again was probably my favorite piece of action in the episode. And it pretty much gets resolved by Vision giving White Vision... White Vision isn't made as much of a big deal. I wish we could call him something else, but I just don't know what else to call him. Isn't made as big of a deal as I think I, I thought him to. Again, kind of my expectations I think, kind of lowered my enjoyment of this episode a little bit but that's my fault and i think some people aren't really willing to accept that maybe their expectations kind of messed kind of messed up kind of how they would feel about the show by the end a little too much i don't know how many people are really going to admit that but i think i definitely felt that in this episode but basically vision kind of just gets his memories all back into white vision and we learned that white vision and he pretty much says at the end i am the vision and he just flies off So again, we don't get a true ending to this. It's just white vision flying off. And the thing that I'm questioning with this is where, pretty much how will they wrap this story up? Because I don't see this character appearing in like, say, a Doctor Strange 2 or a Captain Marvel 2. Like, a bunch of these other characters probably will. For example, even someone like Darcy, you know, whatever you say about her use, she could possibly appear in the new Thor movie. So again, there's not much to that. But then with someone like, like, let's say... Uh, who was I just talking about? White Vision, where are you going to use it? Maybe in the next Avengers film. But even then, I feel like Wanda would be able to pick up on him and go find it because he has his memories. And that me meaning he still has feelings for Wanda. So that's just kind of what I thought. Maybe that's not 100% true. I'm not sure. But basically what happens with the kids in Monica is they sort of team up to fight a bunch of the military soldiers. And... It's a really short clip and action scene, but I really liked the way it was done, and I liked the showcasing more of Monica's powers and how heroic of a character she really is. So now streamlining what we have for the rest of the episode, pretty much we go back to Wanda, and her and Agatha go into this like dream where we head back to Salem in, I believe, the 1600s, like we saw last episode, in the beginning of last week's episode, but now kind of they're basically trying to take out Wanda, and it's really creepy how... The witches were kind of brought back to life, and I really like the effects they put on them. And basically, Agatha thinks she's making a deal with Wanda to where, if she gets her powers, she'll make the hex or the this fake reality, the hex reality, work better for her. And they kind of exit the dream and they come out, and Wanda is just pretty much, just pretty much just throwing, just giving, just pretty much like just giving up all her power by throwing it to Agatha. That's what we think. But really, what she's doing is she's creating a spell to where she blocks the other witch from using her magic, and only the wit, the wit, the the witch that kind of makes these spells to block the other to use ma- from using the magic can still use her magic. So Wanda uses a trick that was taught by Agatha in last week's episode, and that was a really nice callback. And I love kind of the bookend moments that we got. And I think this was one of my favorite because. Wanda gets her powers and Agatha knows, well, oh no, some, this is not going to end well for me. And we finally get Wanda, Wanda truly getting her Scarlet Witch costume. And I did predict this a couple of weeks ago, or last week's episode, where where I said, I think we will get a variation on the Scarlet Witch costume, but a more mo- modernized cinematic version of it in comparison to the Halloween version we got, I guess, three weeks th- yeah, three weeks ago now. And I really need a fungal Pop with this one, by the way, but... I really, again, the witch obviously knows that I really liked the costume that they gave Wanda. and I think it's a big upgrade from the costume she previously had. And now, again, she truly is the Scarlet Witch because she has her tiara and it looks fantastic. Instantly when the suit came out, when when they showed the suit, it instantly reminded me of Magneto. And by then I was like, are we going to get Magneto? Because uh, Magneto shows, because because the colors on the suit and just... The armory on it, and I was like, "That looks like Magneto from, I believe, X Men. Like what, Apocalypse, right? Or Dark Phoenix? I don't remember even if he even suits up in that movie. I don't think so. But I love that suit, and the in the, uh, Scar- the Scarlet Witch costume from here reminded me of that, and I thought I should just mention that. Which there is one more thing that I forgot to mention, but it has to do with the post credit scene. So then I'll get to that when we talk about the post credit scene." And pretty much what happens here is pretty much the closing of kind of the the uh, the Maxima family and on the show. Basically, Wanda and Vision put their kids to sleep one final time because of course Wanda's about to pretty much uh, close the hacks or I guess not close it, but just destroy the hacks and and all of the all of the kind of hostages she's kept to kind of satisfy her sitcom reality. They're all about to get released. But, by do- but if she does that, then all her family will begin to die. Which is another thing I forgot to mention that I'm never going to do this no-no thing again. But that's another thing I forgot to mention where earlier when she tried that, her family started disintegrating so that she stopped. But she obviously knows that her family does have to be sacrificed. And I really like the moment between Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen where, you know, with the lights and visions, just like, I heard that you should never say goodbye in the dark. And that was a really cool scene and calling back to so much of what Vision's character has been built off of pretty much hearing things from other people and trying to make that so that he becomes more human. I really like that, that it was done superbly, and I'm extremely excited to see where they go with this Paul Bettany because obviously I don't know if we'll ever see him in this type of vision again, but I'm sure he'll be back for something. And, you know... I guess we'll see where that goes, but pretty much Wanda has a tough goodbye, and it's a really great scene, and it kind of goes back to that scene in episode eight where uh, Wanda is much first makes that reality, and it kind of goes back to that exact same scene, and I really like that they did that because it just kind of, again, wrapped up the show in a way where it concluded what it started, and then as she's walking out, we see that everyone kind of, all the citizens just hate her for what she's done, held them captive, and kind of put all their pain in their head. And as she walks out, Monica's just like... And Wanda's just asking Monica, don't you hate me? And Monica says, you know, I would have done the same thing for my mother. And it, you can always tell those who have a connection, and Wanda pretty much leaves just to go, like, kind of embrace her Scarlet Witch Identity. Well, not embrace, but kind of learn more about it so she can control it. And with that said, I really like that ending to Wanda's arc. But it kind of ends a little more abruptly than I expected, a lot of storylines in this episode felt a little more like, like they were kind of being rushed and kind of, they were, they were trying to like tip, to, they were kind of just trying to speed to the end, especially with Hayward and Monica, but the end scene I guess, gives you a little more on Monica, which we'll talk about in a sec, but the episode ends up pretty much Wanda just leaving Westview, and that's the exact shot I imagine them leaving, the show, ending the show on, but the setup for that happening just, I thought, felt kind of weird, I don't know if that was just me, but it was felt a little abrupt. There was a lot of really loose ends that I think they rushed to to tie up a little too much. But that's just me. I know not everyone's gonna have that opinion. I think there's a lot of people who absolutely love this episode. A lot of people are gonna be really disappointed because they don't have they don't have because they don't answer all these like wild questions people have. They don't they don't bring in Patrick Stewart, James McAvoy, Michael Fassbender, Hugh Jackman. They don't bring those guys in, but yeah, there's there's a lot that I obviously haven't touched on, but there is still is a few things to talk about, and that is, of course, the post-credit scenes. So, now let's talk about the post-credit scene. So, we're talking about the mid-credit scene first, and basically, for this mid-credit scene, we basically have Monica, and she's kind of. She goes into this theater, and. Well, first, we get a really fun moment between Jimmy and Monica, but then Monica goes inside this theater, and we have pretty much this, uh, I guess, sword agent going in with her, and. You know, we obviously know something's coming, and at I, I first I thought that Brie Larson as Carol Danvers would show up, and that would kind of be the cool I anime mean, cameo to end the show. But what it is is actually she turns into a Squall, and I was like, wow. Like, honestly, I, I really did not see that coming. And I don't believe it's the same scroll that we got at the, uh, well, like, that she interacted with at the end of Captain Marvel, but she obviously says that, you know, an old friend of your mom's you know, wants to meet you. And, she, and Monica asks, where are we going? And then she just points up. So we obviously know that's some Nick Fury. I've heard a few people on social media say it's Carol Danvers. But I don't really see where that's, that theory, that kind of thought is coming from because we can clearly tell there's some, like, uh, there's some things going on between her and Carol because maybe Carol hasn't come back to visit her. But I thought it was clearly pointing at um, Nick Fury because... He's up in the S.W.O.R.D. spaceship, right, from the end of Far From Home, at least that's kind of what I recalled. and I'm like, oh, he's talking about Nick Fury, and right as the the mid-credits scene ended, I was talking with the person I was watching with, and they were like, yeah, that's Nick Fury, and so that's what I thought it was, I thought it was referring to Nick Fury, and I'm pretty sure it is, and I think that's kind of the setup for uh, Captain Marvel 2, releasing, I believe, either summer next year or November next year, something like that, but that's kind of the setup for where they're going with that, so... That's what the mid credit scene is. I think to kind of clear things up because I think there, were little, there was a little bit of confusion around that. And then we get to the real post credit scene and with this. As soon as we kind of go th- gone through the mountains, I was like, okay, that's probably Sokovia. And then once we got to the cabin, firstly the cabin, I thought was a nice callback to Avengers: Infinity War when Thanos kind of won as the villain and he kind of sat there. And I was like, okay, so are they going to show something to show that Wanda's gone full evil? Or I was. When the scene happened and kind of just with the landscapes, I was kind of I thought there was a chance that maybe Mordo, Baron Mordo could show, show up. And here's the thing: so at the end in the post credit scene of Doctor Strange, I remember that he kind of he kind of out to kill sorcerers because because there's too much of them or whatever. And I thought that Mordo would be able to sense that Wanda's maybe like living maybe around her anything he was going to come to kill Wanda and that would be the setup for the next Doctor Strange movie. Maybe we even get a cameo from Stephen Strange himself. But what it is, it's pretty much Wanda pretty much just drinking coffee and then they kind of zoom into another room. And then we see that there's an ast- uh, astral projection of Wanda, kind of similar to how Stephen Strange did it in Doctor Strange's 2016 film. So now we know that obviously it was referred, it was said by Agnes Agatha that Wanda does have the powers of the Sorcerer Supreme, which I just thought about, by the way, is that I forgot to mention that Agatha is actually defeated by, I mean, being turned back into Agnes by Wanda, but I just thought I'd mention. I believe we're gonna talk about that. That was also another thing that I was a little iffy on. I was like, okay, that's a little too simple of a way to defeat her. But anyways, coming back to the post credit scene, there's an astral projection projection of Wanda, and she's pretty much reading the book. You know, the Book of the Damned, which is the book that we see in Episode 7 or Episode 8, I believe, in Agatha's Underground Lair. And that's pretty much what it is. And her name is in that, the Scarlet Witch. And she's pretty much reading it. And then we hear the voices of Billy and Tommy, which are her two kids. So we know that obviously what happened with them is not over. And I think what's clear is that she's definitely going to try and try to find a way to bring them back or make them real. And I think that sort of might be the plot of Doctor Strange too. But I think overall, this ending they gave kind of felt like a sidestep from where her arc ended by the end of this episode. And it kind of felt like she was going back on what she had learned. And it didn't feel quite in character for Wanda, especially how much she's grown over the course of this show. But my theories are that it, I do in fact think that it's, she's trying to find a way to bring her kids back into the mix and... I hope that has something to do with Doctor Strange too, and maybe she is in fact the villain, and she's trying to use all this chaos magic, and Doctor Strange kind of wants to keep reality safe, or whatever, wants to keep it in check, and that's why she's in the movies. that Doctor Strange is trying to stop her from crossing the line and kind of going too far with her magic, because obviously she is destined, as Agatha says, to destroy, to be able to destroy worlds, and I think. I do think at this point that she will be the villain. Maybe we won't even get a character like a Nightmare or a Mephisto in that film. We'll see though. I think I've had enough of talking about Mephisto for you know for now because there's a lot going on and I think but I'm really excited to see where Wanda's character goes especially I can't say this show anymore but before I do go I kind of want to give my final thoughts on this show now that we do have wrapped up which yeah let's get into that. So pretty much getting into my final thoughts on the show. I think that well, I think I'm not going to make a full review on this because I have discussed every episode, but I think overall my thoughts are that I feel with this show, I think it's a really great start to Phase Four, and that it's really wacky, really bold, it's an extremely risky project, and I love that it's kicking things off. This was one of my least anticipated Disney Plus shows going into this era of the MCU because sitcoms aren't really my thing, and I'm especially not familiar with older sitcoms. But as this show has gone on, it's really won me over with kind of the decisions it's made as the sitcoms realities kind of age, I think it's kind of gotten better and kind of like the intriguing nature of all of what's going on really kept me hooked from week to week. And I really liked Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany in the show. And I think by the end of it, I was mostly satisfied with the answers they gave us. While well, I think they rushed a little too many things, but this show has come so far in the nine episodes where I've like struggled to remember a TV show that that's kind of moved. that's kind of transformed so much within nine episodes. It's, There's a lot of change that goes, and I think most of it really worked, and overall, I think my recommendation is for the show, I really enjoyed WandaVision, and I think this is, if you're an MCU fan, an absolute must-watch, and it's a great introduction, in my opinion, because it's so wild, a really good introduction to the Marvel, the era of Disney Plus shows, and I'm really, really excited to be talking about Falcon and Winter Soldier in two weeks, but I think, I think I'm going to give this a grade, and you know, with all of, the, all of the episodes kind of averaged out and kind of my thoughts on the overall story, I'm gonna give WandaVision a B plus. Some of you may expect it to be a little higher or maybe a little lower, but I think that's kind of where I land, and I think that's what I predicted I was really gonna land on by the end with where things they were setting up. And that is where I land. It's kind of kind of it's kinda of gone in the direction I expected, but there's a lot of really surprising elements, and I love the inclusion of Evan Peters, obviously, and with that said, that comes to the end of this review. Thank you guys so much for listening. Did you guys enjoy all of WandaVision now that it's over? Let me know under the rating if you can on Apple Podcasts. Besides that, if you're not listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure to share this review with your friends so that you know, we can have all the discussion together. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll catch you all next time. Bye-bye.